and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we are joined by two fabulous guests. <laughs> guests, say hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? We're joined by Kat and Tim. Uh, Tim, of course, is been on the show many times he's getting into the tim's running into the all-time lead and guest appearances oh that is time. true yeah and oh you keep track keep track it, of that no well, we probably should <laughs> we're just guessing we're just, we're just guessing we're pretty sure he's, he's definitely in the top five because i think we've only had six people ever on the show before. <laughs> uh and we are thrilled to have cat who was so kind to join us as part of our cocktail episode our flair bartender correspondent <laughs> to join with us uh and we are continuing our well this is our second week of discussions on witches uh as we're talking about robert Eggers' directorial debut the witch no sanderson sisters thank god in this no. uh, this film <laughs> Although this could be a prequel to that movie. It could be. I, I, I just want to quick, we don't do a fact check anymore. I did want to fact check something for people who listen to our Hocus Pocus 2 episode because I felt bad when we were done recording it. I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of crapped on this movie and other people <laughs> liked it. Then I immediately went on to social media and looked up all its score numbers and Jim and I were right. In fact, Jim and I are probably kinder than critics and audience scores for that film. Yeah, didn't, people did not love it. No, it, it had but, its moments, but overall, it was disappointing. See, sure. good. I wish you were here last week. <laughs> yeah. We could have we could have used you for that episode. Uh, <laughs> but as always, first we have to discuss what are we drinking as we talk about the witch, and we have to start with always an interesting drink choice. Tim, what do you have? I'm so disappointing tonight. It's just a basic ass Miller Lite. Well, I'm sorry. That's never That's disappointing. What it was going to be. That's never disappointing. I figured that was going to be it. I, I didn't make some. I didn't make some elaborate cocktail tonight. I do. I do get a love fun that seltzer. can though. That can is. I'm actually would, glad Katie's not here for this one, and where she would try to make a drink that was inspired by the movie. Yeah, that would have been a really disturbing drink. Yeah, she would have made like fathom what a dead fetus or something. Yes. Oh my I don't, God. I don't, uh, baby drink. Uh, you went there. She already. really goes all yeah, in. You just, you just went just right went into right, that. Right to that. I love it. Kat, how about you? What do you have? A little red wine, a little Ooh. Cabernet. I feel like that is that's a good appropriate choice. Appropriate for yeah. this. That's yeah, appropriate <laughs> for this time. Uh, Jim, I have uh, a Waterloo blackberry lemonade. Seltzer Ooh. water, just normal seltzer. No, that looks fancy. No alcohol. Though. Where is that? I've never heard of that <clears throat> brand. Is that uh, a local brand or no? I don't think so. I think you can get it uh, anywhere. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's, it's good. It's just I love yeah. it. I have a nice glass of single malt scotch. Whoa, mm. scotch, scotch, really? scotch. Yeah, wow. you got a you know European little you know Scotch Irish flair. For this film, the origin land of our characters, if you will. I thought they, they were from London. Um, yeah. Yes, but they the also have yeah. some con connections with the Protestant faith, Jim. Later in the yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. go through a diorama of the religious orders of Protestantism at the time period that we'll all enjoy, I'm sure. Um, but that is what we're drinking. Uh, we don't have Katie, so... Um, Jim, would you like to give us just a, a quick summary of what the film would be? Or if sure. maybe I could actually read the. Oh, the, if you uh, want to, or if you're there here, mm. I have, I will, I just have the DVD box in front of me. Oh, okay. So, okay. So here we go. Uh, it says new England, 1630, William and Catherine led a devout Christian life with their five children. 
homesteading on the edge of an impassable wilderness. When their newborn son mysteriously vanishes and their crops fail, the family begin to turn on one another. The witch is a chilling portrait of a family unraveling within their own fears and anxieties, leading them to pray to an inescapable evil. All right. I think that's what people get paid the big bucks to write that on the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on a scale of A plus through F, how would we grade the witch? Tim, how about you start for us? How would you grade the witch? This is the second time I've seen it. And I liked it more the second time. I feel like giving this an A minus, maybe even leaning A. I really, really like this movie. Um, it, it has a little bit of like... Um, the crucible vibes to it when they're like mm. all turning on one another, they're mm. all throwing each other under the bus. Uh, and then there's like some legitimate, like witch folklore involved. And it's just enough eerie to give a little exorcism in there mm. that it's just, it's a tight hour 30. Um, it's, it's shot well. Cause you always just feel like moist. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, exactly. That you just term feel is just gross. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Might have to ban that word's use on the program. <laughs> Sorry, but but it, it nails. I think what this movie's trying to make you feel. Yeah, perfect. Cat, how about you? I would also agree. I would say a minus. I kind of had no idea what to expect with this movie. I went in kind of pretty blind, and I I enjoyed it. I was i love the performances um and i was kind of like on the edge of my seat waiting to be like okay what's actually happening here like what's going on i i do want to interject a little bit that she's i kind of sat her that not kind of i sat her down and made her watch the lighthouse mm. years ago when i'd seen yes. it in we've theaters. heard we've heard this yes tale. so that is what's in her brain going into uh, watching this movie because she knows it's the same director. Yes. And I like, I had watched it last night. She watched it today, and I just let her know. I was like, "Look, it's not the lighthouse. All right, give it a chance." <laughs> it's not. Yeah, that's a good. We can bring that up, Jim. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it an A as well, an A uh, A minus in that wow, category. Maybe that a B plus. Like that that is high praise coming from you i will say that originally coming into tonight i was thinking like b b plus um after i watched it the other night but every day i've thought about it more i think i it goes up a little bit and i want to watch it again so um, it is a type of movie that sticks yes. with you and you yeah. kind of just keep thinking about it any any like quibbles i have with it are very small and are very much like just my taste it's not like this like an Personal actual preface. problem yeah. yeah uh clean sweep i'm gonna go a minus as well uh i had seen this movie when it right at, like early release on video when it came out it was a big sundance hit and tim probably can give us some of the box office numbers at some point but it had not the hugest release this was definitely small independent film um robert eggers wasn't known yet and i liked it but I think it was probably like Jim and maybe Kat with the first viewing. You know it's good and you think about it a lot. But I would agree with Tim. It's upon like the second or third viewing of it that you really start to enjoy it more. It's hard to say you enjoy this movie. You know, like I'm not sure this is a film you say you enjoy watching, no. but maybe you you're more intrigued by it. Like mm -hmm. at first you're 
you don't know. I love Kat, what you're saying. Like you kind of sit on the edge of your seat because you're you're not sure what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I went into it very blind the first time I saw it, too. People are like, oh, it's it's the witch. It's really scary and all that. But it's scary in a way that I find like um, like the shining, maybe. Yeah, it's unsettling. Maybe, yeah, like midsummer, you know, and I mm. like that type of horror. Yeah, but there's, Un- unsettling there, is a good way yeah, to put it, that. Yeah. So it's um, it's interesting. So I, I, I'd love to talk about some of that. So. Let's go. Let's talk about our maybe we can go to the people who saw it first for a first time viewings, Jim and Kat. And then Tim and I can maybe chime in and maybe how our experience with it changed with multiple viewings after. Kat, you knew nothing going into it. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts as the film starts like those first few minutes? Maybe you too, Jim, like what are you thinking and how is it playing out maybe differently than you thought it might have played out? I guess it opens when they're they're in like, like on front trial. Of the, yeah. 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 Well, you're not quite sure what that is, right? Is right. that yeah. a trial? What is going on? And I'm I was trying to make the connection. Like, is she is she on trial? Who's on trial? I know this mm. man's on trial. Is she connected with him? And then kind of, you know, then finally you realize it's all a family. And um, even from that very first scene, the brother kind of being like come on, let's go be being again of that time era, even though she's older than him, he's the man. Male. So yeah, <laughs> there is the, you see that right off the bat. So I definitely picked up on that right in the beginning. Yeah. I didn't know what to think either. And I guess, and we could talk about this cause I don't think they ever really answer it. And I don't know if we, if we're led to believe one way or another of why they were, either they were it seemed like they were being asked to change their ways or face exile mm-hmm. and they chose to yeah, face exile well, too religious yeah i think that's that's the, yeah that's the interesting thing i didn't even get and the only way i really figured out what is what it was was the explicit director's commentary where the father later in the movie towards the end and we'll get to that later has a commentary but it was like his pride he it wasn't so much they kicked them out. He was like, I'm leaving if you don't listen to me. You know, he was, was mm-hmm. like pride refused to let him do it. And like, historically, well, what, what was he? Of, what was he? Well, because th- it's interesting not to delve too much into the history of it, but like the pilgrims, there, there were separatists and then there were Puritans. And he's supposed to represent the Puritan side of this where they were like devoutly religious. They're the ones you think of as the pilgrims look like the all black or not much color. They're not supposed to do that type of stuff. And then the separatists are the ones um, that went from Plymouth colony into what is present day Boston. And they just wanted to separate themselves from England. Puritans were like, wanted to purify society. So that's like one of the choices Edgar's makes here is to make him the Puritan because they were the most devoutly religious. They were the ones that were supposed to be the most incorruptible. And they were also the ones who were involved in like, the Salem witch trials, the ones who were inclined to believe in witchcraft because they also believed in, you know, the other side of the coin that God would bless them, that everything they got was from God. And Mm -hmm. also the idea of predestination, Mm. which kind of explains a little bit, like when the baby goes missing, they're like, it's what God 
had for us. We're not going to look anymore. Like they actually believed like your life was predestined, you know, predestined, like God wrote your script and you were just playing that script out. Right. Which yes, is like the- an interesting <laughs> take, right? Because for us in a modern time period, you're like, what the hell are these people doing? Wouldn't you be like, not well, yeah, the, for the, this kid, like, they did going have on? a throwaway line about that, though. Yeah, where they it's, it's, it sounded like the father said we looked for like a week, basically. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But and the, the, the son doesn't understand why they aren't still looking. Yes, yeah, which it's, it's been only a couple days. But it's like, funny that keep. Yeah, yeah it, which is a great question. It's right? funny. Like, why that, are we not looking for this baby? But he yeah. only he only really worries about that until he gets the answer, and then the once he gets the answer. The only thing that troubles him about his brother missing is whether he's the brother is in a hell or not because he wasn't baptized. Mm-hmm. And that, but I think that's <clears throat> perfect yeah. for that time period. I think that the thing that really interested me about this film in all of Eggers films actually is they are so authentic to the time period they pick. And for some people, I feel like that can turn them off. Like the lighthouse in particular is very different but it's also authentic to like <laughs> that type back <laughs> i know but to that Ugh. type of well, i don't want to spoil much because we're not talking about that movie but it's authentic to that time period of storytelling and things that were going on this one is absolutely authentic to that early american literature mm-hmm. and lore that would be there and that could be by the way to a detriment if yeah. you're somebody who's going into this film thinking you're gonna get like a uh, kind of spooky witch jump scare type thing you you this is not what that delivers at all no, no it's not, not, even, there, not even close to that there aren't really a lot of jump scares in this which i'm fine with yeah totally yeah no I, I just i <laughs> think it's more effective and to what you were isn't. saying earlier brian mm-hmm. like the the kind of horror that this is or you know the the horror movies that i find the most effective and and i connect with the most are the ones that are sort of put together like really good literature and and this is just movies in general for me i find more interesting but there's something about genre films specifically that when they're when they work on multiple levels and they are thematic and um and relatable in even even you know 400 years later in really strange ways i think I think I enjoy those kinds of movies better more. Right. And, and other genre movies that don't try to do that. I'm kind of like, okay, like, yeah. And and I do this with everything. So like I would consider that bad horror movies or like boring horror movies to me or boring comedy or a boring action movie. Like anything that doesn't elevate a little bit more or do something brand new always seems a little boring to me. But this type of movie, always after watching it, it has me like thinking like, oh, what did I miss? What what were they trying to say with each individual scene? Um, mm-hmm. And if it's if it's more than just what's on the screen, uh, I think it's really interesting, right? And I, I there's a lot to say about this movie, but you know they they basically get banished, and then they within the first twenty minutes a baby is kidnapped and turned into what seems like body butter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's, she's it, like, got turning, a turning it. Up. Yeah. It that, is. 
I awful. was terrifying. Eating What's your that thought with that? And that turned oh, my stomach God. a little oh, bit. Yeah. What, were you, like, what were you eating? God help you. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, that was rough. Thomas. It that was scene, <laughs> by the way, this is I, I, the first time I remember watching it. First of all, you're just I think you're it's not a jump share, but you're shocked by the edit of it. I think it's one of the most effective edits I've seen in the last five or six years. Like she's playing peekaboo with him mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's gone. And you get the E.T. edit when she looks up and you see the stuff moving, which is pure E.T. Right. It's that it's the scene where where um, Elliot's looking up the path and the and the swings and the trash can all move. Move. But you never see an actual creature. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but it means it's like moving almost unnaturally fast. Yeah. Yes. It's it's yeah. It tells a story really quickly there. That was interesting because they they did a really nice job of that. They shot that at different frame rates, which where you got that kind of look where anything, any of the supernatural stuff was that the frame rate was slightly changed to give it almost like a it's almost stop motiony. Yeah. Mm. Feel to it. But that scene was crazy. I just remember being like, oh, that's what this is. And that originally was the intended first scene of the movie for a long time. He wanted the film to just be like holy shit, like this girl's playing peekaboo with this little baby. Next thing it's gone. And then they kind of decided that might be too jarring. Like you're, you're, you're put into the story too quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I think it's that still was only like 10 story. minutes yeah. in. So. Yeah, I yeah. know, but that's, I mean, but I was like that, I could see how that would have been a really interesting premise. There's a few of those sequences in this, which are almost like it, this is where I was. My mind was drawn to Midsummer's at points. It's like these were clearly like this guy's writing this script with like nightmare images. Like what happens if you're playing peekaboo and then a baby was gone mm-hmm. or like what happens if you're there and then all of a sudden a witch. T- I mean, there was just some really interesting visual cues and things. And that it also revealed and in, in- which is a horror trope is like you're not you know you don't see the the monster or whatever till the end and or it's a mystery for half the movie and here like right up front within the first 10 minutes you see that there really is a witch yeah and and she's out there right um yeah like and maybe the first go around i just wasn't paying very good attention that's really weird for me but or maybe it was just the fact that like Robert Robert Eggers clearly shoots a lot in just natural dark light because that scene mm-hmm. with our witch, I don't remember her holding a knife to like the baby's stomach. That's when it clicked for me that, oh, yeah, she totally kills this baby and then like bathes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so dark in that scene that you, you might not notice if you're just like mesmerized by something else in the scene, even Mm -hmm. at the very end when our fucking black goat basically Mm -hmm. turns into the devil, it's such a dark scene that you can barely see that that's now like a human being. I know. I I know. I love that. I wish it was almost, I love that scene. I wish it was almost just slightly more light to it. Dude, just, just a touch, but I'm almost, it's all, it's looks so good though, too. Maybe that's, better i don't see enough of it that i think actually seeing and being able to distinguish like features would have ruined it it would have been cheesy it would have been too cheesy okay i think it would have because i i like the idea that you kind of get the idea i said this in our in our text like brian said someone should dress up like black philip for tonight and i said goat black philip or swashbuckler (laughs) black philip because he he looks like 
what I pictured him, because you, again, you only see a very dark outline and yeah. some hints of features, mm -hmm. but it looks like he's Jack Sparrow. Like he looks like he's he wearing like a pirate, like an evil pirate him, coat. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I thought that was funny. Uh, well, hey, he said he's going to show her the world. So that's true. Yeah, probably got a ship. Yeah. The but other sure. big thing I picked up on on the second watch is. I think I was prepared for the language. It's one thing to have uh, the yeah. accents and like yes. the, the old terminology, but they were almost speaking Shakespearean, you know, that old English, you know, because well, they were that. actually that's yeah. fair Tim, because he actually a lot of the dialogue is things he took from his research okay. of mm -hmm. people saying and wove it in there. I remember that being less accessible to me the first time I saw it too. I watched mm -hmm. it with subtitles because like, I was yeah, struggling well, the first same. 10 minutes. The, <laughs> yeah, second, the second and third time I watched it and I watched it back to back days this week. It gets again, it, like I feel like it gets a little bit easier as you hear it. But the first time I absolutely agree. That was, I will say disconnect in terms of there that whenever Katie asked me to get the girls to do something from now on, I'm just going to say they pay me no mind. <laughs> because that, I, is, that is a good turn of phrase I yeah there's like there's one. a lot of that in this movie where i'm like oh that's a, that's a great way to say that I, we should mm -hmm. get back to that yeah, maybe not should. the re religious zolotism but like let's get back to that <laughs> one of the other other things i i liked about this movie is i feel like the acting is so good it's mm -hmm. so like there are sequences of pages of dialogue here where they're chewing up. God, I can't even imagine how many pages of dialogue they're giving, but it's almost like a play at points. Like they give these people things to do. And it's like, it's hard for me to pick who I think was the best performance in this movie. And that that's kind of rare. Usually there's one or two people you can be like, this is hands down the best performance in this movie. But I feel like all the family members and mm -hmm. kids, the kids as well, even the, the kids little kids yeah. give like for a first time director to get this type of stuff out of people is pretty impressive. I read yeah. something about the the Caleb, the the, the middle child. He was fantastic. Yeah. He, and well, he has a lot of, of work to do young, in this movie. Yeah, I think he's one of the best performances by somebody that young. Yeah. I've yeah, ever agreed. seen. And uh, yeah, so he um, apparently Eggers was not like connecting with him like he couldn't figure out how to get his name's harvey scrimshaw at, at the time uh so he wasn't like his direction just the kid just didn't understand what he wanted and so apparently ralph innocent the guy yes, the, the, the father dad. yeah was like just connected with him over over football over soccer and then he like <laughs> basically coached him through the scenes like basically using like football as a reference and like how how he should act in certain ways mm. yeah as as like a coach more than a director which i thought was interesting because you know with kids you gotta figure out any way to get them to understand you. yeah yeah and you're right though he does heavy lifting yeah. in this movie Serious yeah he gets heavy lifting. yeah he gets so he gets some really emotional scenes um multiple times and for a mm -hmm. child like the other kids, they're kind of playing happy-go-lucky most of the movie, um, except that the one scene that we should talk about. But um, yeah, he's he's all over the place, right? Like, and a lot. I feel like a lot of that first half of the movie starts to feel almost like he's the main character mm. to some extent. Well, mm -hmm. that is interesting because there 
there is an element where I mean, think of Anya Taylor. She's a big star now. And this was the one that launched. And she's fabulous, by the way. Like in my mind, she is probably one B to Florence Pugh's one A is the best actress under 30 right now. Like the two of them are just unbelievable in everything they do. But upon this watch, I had always thought of this more as her movie. And it's certainly she's a big piece of it. And towards the end, a huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. But it's not only her movie. You can watch this movie from a number of different perspectives in terms of looking at characters and get a really interesting. One of the things that sparks my mind, because Jim loves them, is it's like almost an element of like a Stephen King novel in that there's like some horror there, but it's also like real people and real, real issues. And like this to me, this this few times I watch this, I'm like. Stephen King, I feel like, could have almost have written this and it would have made sense to me. Well, he he had the mist is basically this to some extent. Like there's a part of the the mist that covers sort of the dynamics of this movie. But yeah, Stephen King's is it's always there's this supernatural horror that's terrorizing people. But but, oh, yeah, these people are going to terrorize each other because people are really awful to each other when they feel frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's it's a movie where like many things can be true at the same time. Like, yes, uh, our what's blonde girl's name? Tom Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Yeah, Tomlinson. Thomason. Thomason. Yeah. Uh, You know, it it is. She's the main character. But like, you can also say that this movie truly is an ensemble movie, and every part is equally as important. Like the twins are just as important as Thomason. Like they, because mm-hmm. I think in the end, it's almost like it's almost like the devil's trying to teach them a lesson. Like no matter how devout you are to God, like your your failings are going to catch up with you. Like the dad. Like uh, Thomason flat out tells him at one point, like the only thing you can do is chop fucking wood. You're not providing for us. By the yeah, way, that was a chilling scene too. Where oh my god, yeah. where you realize how much wood he's where yeah. where it yes. zooms out. Like there's so much up close when he's chopping wood, and then you get the wide shot of the house, and there's just enough wood for years. <laughs> it is like oh right, this guy's see, and this is again like a Stephen King situation, and Kubrick. It's like a perfect Kubrick Stephen King combination mm-hmm. because this has a lot of The Shining in it too. There's a lot of like the way that Kubrick takes um, Jack Torrance and like that the the Overlook Hotel sort of like warps him and in this it's more the the religion and his like the stress of like not being able to provide for his family. Yeah, and and then the mother, it's like the second the baby gets kidnapped, she doesn't believe her own daughter as to what happened. She immediately is blaming the shit out of her. So it's almost mm-hmm. like that's somehow her failing. So it's like the devil wants to teach her a le- lesson, you know, and, and Hey, cool to father's de- defense. He, he defends her from yeah. the get. I, yeah. I love that dynamic. I really thought the, 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 the mother daughter dynamic in this was so intriguing to me Yes, because there's, n- there's no warmth there. No, at all. <laughs> and it, and, and Thomason is just craving the approval from her mother. Like, yeah, like that's she's 
doing what she can to, to seek it out. And, and even, you know, at the end when, you know, that all goes down, you just kind of feel how heartbreaking it is for her to do that. I you think until kill her own mom. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is I filmed think, beautiful, like perfectly, by the way. At the same time, then there's this like, once it's done, you must feel like there's this sense of relief from her. That so tr- that scene is unbelievable, right? So the the choices he makes to use silence in this movie, and when he brings in the score, so the mom is killed. Unbelievable shot, by the way. So when they pull out on that wide shot, and Shania, um Tomlinson's crying, like her dead mother is lying on top of limp, him. He just pulls, and he frames this so. Be- and then what he follows it, the relief is shown in that scene where she walks in and she like takes off that ridiculous dress that she has to wear. Right? With a zillion has, yeah, she yes. has that undergarment and then just falls asleep at the, mm-hmm. at the table. Like such a yeah. like to show something like because at that point, there's there's no dialogue they can really have because there's nobody else for her to speak to. Yeah. But it convey he does such a job, I think, in all his movies of conveying things visually in really interesting ways. Sometimes maybe too interesting in the lighthouse. Like this, the, <laughs> which is by the way, if you've never seen the lighthouse is a really different film from this, which is interesting. Like the dynamic of how he jumps, but I love that cat. You're right. Like this, that really, sh- the way he shows, he doesn't have to tell us. He doesn't have to have a character say it. He shows it to mm-hmm. us and you can feel it immediately on the yeah, like my biggest selling point to the lighthouse is if you want to see robert pattinson and willem dafoe shit in a bucket dude watch <laughs> that movie it's fucking great but i i no, tim you and i well cat you saw it too i, I did. after doing a couple of watches of this though i am in, inclined to want to revisit it because i feel like there's probably just like this one there's all sorts of stuff i'm missing because when you see the minimalist choices he makes in this one it really intrigues me the why he went in the opposite direction in the next film. Do you mean it's like he's almost overdoing it? So this is not a person who like over that. You know how some directors like Michael Bay, like just overdoes everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's a Michael Bay movie, he's going to do. A, we have a case example here in The Witch where that's not who he was. And I don't feel like that's who he is if you see The North Man either. So now I'm wondering, like, did I miss some of those choices in The Lighthouse and why they were made? you know, just like the choices he made in the witch, because there's some real interesting choices to downplay things or play up things in this movie that are intriguing. Yeah. I will say that the one thing I've kind of, that felt very horror trope to me in the very beginning of this movie was the score. Yeah. And while I like the score, I dislike when the score is doing all the work. Hmm when you so like if you if you have just like a normal picture of the of the woods just and that's all you're gonna do don't give me these like crazy discordant violins all yep. crescendoing at the same time because it's like i was thinking it's like stop telling me that's thing. creepy and show me that it's creepy because mm-hmm. i feel like the score is telling in that in that moment and i think if you just like let it be silent it would be just as effective Fury. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was because I'm not a horror fan, so I wasn't sure if that was so much a horror trope or just like an A24 trope. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. 
It's a very good I feel, question. Because I feel like every, every A24, A24 movie, movie has it. It, it, it has at least one moment like that. Yeah. It's that, I, I would agree because I... And the opposite of that, I think in the last sequence, when she finally agrees to be to which that's that score piece was good. But that makes sense, because at Mm -hmm. that point, we know what she's going to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In some sense. Yeah. No, I I, it was only the first like. 20 minutes or so where I felt like the score was over. Stepping, it's like what it should be doing. Well, yeah, when they're like leaving the village, which is kind of a cool shot, by the way, they're leaving the village in the cart and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the, that weird transitional sequence where they go from the cart to like they're praying or they're having a campfire. That oh was yeah, the weird. campfire, and yeah, you just see it, it for like there. a couple seconds, and then yeah, that was a bit odd. Um, I am a huge fan of his films visually. And Jim brought up Kubrick. And I feel like there's an element of some Kubrick, like Barry Lyndon and some of 2004. Um, and 2000. Aster, uh, sorry, One? 2001s, not four. Sorry. I was like, um, 2004. Is that a, is that a sequel? Because there are sequels. Yes, there is. No, that 2010 is a sequel. But my point is, he has scenes that look like paintings. Like he, the way he frames it. And that's what kept running through my mind the last couple of days. There are probably like five or six scenes where I sit there and I think the mother lying on top of him, that horrible scene where Caleb is buried and the mother and the father from distance, the way he frames some of these shots is, I mean, it's a classic of a 24 movies along with score, mm-hmm. but it's just so good visually. It's I, I just love his stuff visually. And Tim, you've seen all three, so maybe you could talk to like his movies. I just feel like there's something about the way he films that he just captures images that are unbelievable. Yeah, one of the through lines to The Northman is definitely those dark scenes. That There's a lot of that in The Northman. Or just not only the dark scenes, but the natural light. Um, the story being told in Northman, I find to be boring. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a classic revenge story, but there is a twist on it at the end. Um, basically the person he's avenging doesn't want the vengeance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is an interesting take. It's an interesting take. And like, I, I do think about it from time to time and want to give it a rewatch with that in mind. Like oh, yeah. maybe, maybe it's kind of more fun knowing that twist at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that that's the one thing that really stood out that, yeah, this guy can really fucking film something. <laughs> mm-hmm. He well, so so now, Kat, you've seen Lighthouse, you've seen The Witch, Jim. I think yes. you've only seen The Witch, right? Is Correct. that the only yeah. one? Um, one of the things I'm interested, Robert Eggers is not somebody I usually recommend for people to watch unless I know they really like film, yeah, because I feel like there's he doesn't hit a lot of things you expect. So was there anything that you would have liked to seen in this movie that you think it came up short with based on the fact that it's like a witch movie? You know, I'm not quite sure how to label the lighthouse, but Tim, I think you you would probably agree with me that the Northman, which was a Viking movie, was it probably wasn't what I expected. And I liked it, but it wasn't what I expected. It was more authentic to Norris legend and all that type of thing. So mm-hmm. for seeing the witch the first time, was there anything you saw and you were like disappointed in the fact that like this wasn't what I would would have thought it was going to be. I think for me, it would have 
would have been maybe a little bit more fun to see actual more interaction between the actual witch and, and our, our characters. Um, I think, I don't know, the mystery of her and, and, and the, everything like that, but it, I felt like it became less about the witch and more about black Philip. So with a, a movie called the witch, I just thought maybe she would have more of a role. Because I guess the biggest interaction is when she seduces Caleb. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and other than that, you see this gang of witches at the end. So like, oh, interesting. There's a I think whole. They're called a coven. 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 Yeah. <laughs> or c- coven. coven. From American movie. Film. Oh, right. right, right. <laughs> um, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hear you. But, but I think that was on purpose that Robert Eggers was more interested in just the overall evil. Mm-hmm. versus this like superior religious zealots, you know, right. well, well, or it refers her... to Thomason as well. Yeah. Like the witch. This, mm-hmm. this is her, uh, you know, MCU origin film yeah. in the sequel. We'll see her as the actual <laughs> be in the multiverse. Witch. She'll be in the, she is a, she actually is a version of the Scarlet witch in the uh, doctor strange two yeah. cuts. So she's actually going to lift this farm out of the ground and replace it in like Kansas somewhere where they can actually grow crops somewhere, somewhere Keenan is actually giving us some accurate comic book lore that we could work this into. (laughs) It would work is, but I, that's an interesting take though. Cause I do wonder like cat, I think your point is right. The witch is less of a villain here. And Mm -hmm. at times it's like the real villain is, Baby body butter. Well, yes, but yeah. they do that at the beginning, so it's not like building. <laughs> we forget it. about that by I know, but, the way through the movie. My question is: is like, is the is he attempting to say here, like the villain is their dogmatic religion in some way, right? Yeah, oh yeah, right. Each so, of their face, like other than the baby being taken, right, which is crazy, like crazy, right? If you look a lot of the failures of this family, a lot of it is tied to this ridiculous dogmatic belief that yeah. they're having like like Caleb is feeling horrible as a person because he's starting to go through purity Thomason I'm not really quite sure what she did other than trying to just be a good person like yeah. up to that point it's like she becomes a witch at the end by default yeah like she has well, no, no interest yeah. in in that like it's kind of like okay I guess I should be a witch right because she's not clamoring for that lifestyle at all I think she the, just has no other options. Yeah. She's like, okay, I guess I'll be a witch now. Cause everybody else is dead. Yeah. So let's yeah. And, and so, th- yeah, you're right, Brian, the, the, the black Phillip devil character is just an opportunist. Right. And I think what Eggers is saying is that the opportunity exists when you, if you're so dogmatic and you're so, um, unable Bias. to take, yeah. Oh, you know, at a certain point, you cross over from from being responsible for your own actions, right? When you start to say that your own actions or are not yours because the Lord or whoever you you've crossed over, you are now evil. Like it doesn't like you don't need you don't need Black Philip at that point, right? Like it's just when he comes because you're already there, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like. And so 
yeah it's just it, it's it's interesting i don't think that's anything new either like i think no i think I there's a think lot of people that yeah i mean like literally you said this earlier but like 90 percent of the people the awful people in stephen king's novels are crazy right-wing christians like if <laughs> like they are always the worst people in in his books but um I, I, yeah, no. And I think this is more effective. Part of the reason I think this is more effective of telling that story versus, you know, I think of like, don't look up from last year. Adam McKay's don't look up. I don't know if everybody saw that. I have not that, seen was, it yet. that was almost like two on the nose, right? About yeah. like dogma and believing an ideology over reality and all that type of stuff. And that was a lot of pushback against it. Eggers using a period piece I think is a more effective tool to get to that idea. It's like, this didn't have to happen, right? Like the dad is bringing his family into this. Like mm -hmm. he could have admitted, like, maybe I'm being a little crazy. I'm too strict. I can live next to this person. They don't have to believe everything that I believe. And I could still live next to him. No, instead I have to move out into the middle of nowhere and subject my family to this, like, awful existence like it, i just hell, there's it something seems like early on he even knows the the woods is like haunted to some and he extent yeah like the parents know and it's and how common is this in modern society instead of acknowledging that and saying my bad like this is dumb it's like he doubles down on it mm -hmm. right they like double down on like yeah and no, no, if no, we pray enough away. yeah like yeah the, yeah we pray enough we believe in god this is gonna go away yeah like, you can pray the gay away duh <laughs> Yeah. And 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 if something happens it's because my daughter disobeyed God, right? Like if something bad happens, it's yeah, these people are insane. <laughs> um Yeah. So his next movie is Nosferatu with yes. Bill Skarsgård, wow. which I'm super excited oh. about. Super excited to see. I he's a director. I really hope the next like The Northman was not a box office success at all. He got a lot of money. And this is what kind of bothers me about people's perception of him. This is his third film. The Northman was his third film. I kind of knew what to expect watching that film. Like, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like Vikings, the TV show on the History Channel. And I, I'm <laughs> like, dude, if you've seen his other films, you know, that's not what he's going to do. Yeah, this isn't going to be a fucking gladiator yeah, style, yeah. you know but like action flick. Yeah. So I was kind of, and it was a little different than what I expected, but the reality is I kind of like that. I love that he's making these movies and this is why he works with a 24, obviously that are different than expectations. And when I saw the North man, I thought of Tim, your experience seeing midsummer in the theater, <laughs> which is like, people are so caught up on, you have to walk into theater and I have an expectation of what this yeah. is going to be. And if it's not that, then it's crap. Well, that, that, I, that stinks. Like, that has happened to all media to some extent, right? Like that's how, I mean, that's movies, that's music, that's television all at this point. Like if someone can't immediately identify it as like being part of, of like quote unquote, the MCU or being something in that genre and being like almost a photocopy of it, they're reluctant to like it. Yeah, and the Northman came out. I'm looking at it right now. It was released April 22nd. So I I got out to see it in theater because I knew like it, it was like that next week that kind of kicks off 
the blockbuster season, I think yeah. is when May and, and you mm-hmm. know, was in, then it was Memorial Day weekend at the end of May that was fucking Top Gun Maverick. But still, yeah. like there, there's just like this slew of movies that were coming up there. I was like, well, I got to get out to see this because it's Robert Eggers. It's a 24. So jealous you did it by because away because I didn't get to see it in the theater. Point being that I'm not too surprised that it wasn't a blockbuster hit. Just no, it's so tough to like pick your time frame when there's not these like bigger tentpole movies that, you know, we're going to make a shitload of money, but they're not like pushing the needle in cinema, you know, and, and Robert Eggers is doing that, you know, uh, a fucking Ari Oster is doing that. Uh, obviously Quentin Tarantino, but I think he's done making movies, but, um, who's my boy, Christopher Nolan. Like he's always going to be pushing the needle of making movies. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I, agree. I think it was, all, I, this is again, Oh, do you know what my? I think the big one is the coming what? out is what? Barbie. People are going to yeah. lose their oh. mind because they are well, all, people are all expecting this to be an absolute disaster of a movie. Because how do you make Barbie? And like, I, yeah, I, it's good. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I know. It, right I, I really think it's going to so be excited. fabulous. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's people right now. The same thing. I've I've started to see the early reviews of Black Panther two. And people are like, oh, it's going to stink. And Ryan Coogler is one of those. It's like Ryan Coogler, Greta Gerwig, Robert Eggers. There's this whole crew of younger people. And Coogler is hard because he did have Black Panther, which was such a huge box office success. But they are there's this like great group of new directors who are making things that defy like your your normal interests. Like I Mm -hmm. loved Little Women. I thought it was one of the best movies of so a couple good. of years so, so good. good i didn't care about the i'd seen the other ones but had no what she did with that was amazing what kugler does like what robert eggers does he's someone that i need to go to a theater to see his movie i don't know if i'll love it during the first viewing but i feel like 10 15 years down the line i'll look back and be like that was really interesting stuff. well hell and especially going off of what i already said about both the Northman and this movie the witch with so many scenes are shot in dark and my my tv it's nice but it doesn't quite um display it properly like it no, actually kind it's of hard yeah <laughs> you can you can see the pixelation whereas mm-hmm. on the big screen you don't and it is perfection <laughs> well if you're a person like you or i tim who need to go to the movies a lot He's a, I feel like he's one of these guys over the next 10 to 15 years that we love because his stuff is made for that for film for the big yeah. screen. Uh, what and, and was not, a, and not what, in like the big blockbuster way. It's like in this, you know, yeah. Cinephile nerd way, you know? Well, yeah, the <laughs> films, I, I wonder almost if they gave him too much money for the North man. I mm. feel like they gave him a lot of money for that. If there was like less, if it would have been more, because what did the witch make? Do you have the witch numbers? I'm, I'm kind of yes. curious what it, what it did. So the witch was a very small budget. It was 3.5 mil and it made domestically 25 mil and worldwide it made wow. 40 mil. So, so that, that was yeah. like, that's almost a Griffin and David black blank check situation. Here. Yeah. Like right. he, this is why he gets to make movies. I have to tell you the, um, the, can we find, I want to find out what the budget of Hocus Pocus two was because he shot this movie <laughs> for three and a half million dollars. And it looks the the, the uh, craft service bill for Hocus Pocus 2 was probably more than the entire budget <laughs> for this film. This movie for three and a half million dollars looks amazing. Yeah, it looks unbelievable. Um, uh, it, it was uh, 
the IMDb score, who cares? 6.9. Nice. Uh, 83 meta score, which is very high. That's a very large meta score. Uh, 90% Rotten Tomatoes, 60% audience score. And those are the numbers. Yeah, I love that. Um, this, this is a good movie. I feel like, again, I'm a little bit leery to recommend Robert Edgar's movies to people, but I, the more I see this movie, the more I love it. I, re- I really do think it's a, a really good movie. Of, of the three that he has out, uh, I would say this is the most accessible to yes. mm-hmm. everyone. I agree. I think I it's the best. I haven't seen The Northman, but I will tell you, I will probably never watch The Lighthouse ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will watch, I I will watch you, this Kat. movie again. <laughs> I don't know if I blame you for that, Cat. <laughs> it's so funny because The Lighthouse trailer... I was like, immediately, it's like, I have to see that movie. But I think ultimately of the three of his films, I put The Lighthouse last. I think The Witch is phenomenal. And I do, mm-hmm. I do. to be fair, I think I do need to revisit both and really look at them. But I think The Witch is the best. Uh, Jim. Yeah. Is this better than everything everywhere all at once? Not for me, it's not. No, I don't think it is. Uh, it's cl- for me. It's probably close, though. It's probably as close as we might get the rest of the year. It's a closer discussion than yeah. anything I, else. We than have. I thought it would yeah. be. I thought it, it was. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was any discussion. If you had said yep. that to me last week before I rewatched it again, I would have probably said, I don't think it's anywhere close. Um, it's certainly not worse. We have a tie now for bottom of the barrel. Both Jim <laughs> and I found Hocus Pocus 2 to be the worst movie we've watched this year. But Katie united with our guests on the Hocus Pocus 2 film. And I'm not sure we should really count that because neither of them had watched Father of the Bride recently. Yeah. So I'm giving it a joint bottom of the barrel. Hocus Pocus 2, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. The new Father of the Bride? No, no, no. The original. Can we? No, no, no. Not the original. Oh, no. The Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. So there's like an older one. uh, Yes. There's one that's like from. Yeah, I know. But don't know there is. That's true. That's true. Did not know Um, that. All right, here's our question. But not the Andy Garcia one. Not the Andy Garcia one. Has anybody seen the Andy Garcia one? No. No. I don't know. I I do have to say this. Katie wants to watch it. She was was like, it was on, uh, is it Prime or Netflix? It was the original movie. I think it's Prime. Yeah, it might be Prime. Uh, By the way, Andy Garcia, amazing in The Untouchables. I got to see The Untouchables in the big screen. They re released it, 35th anniversary. I went and saw it on the big screen. Unbelievable. So so you're talking about 1991. Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, yes. Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Okay. Oh, significantly over Hocus Pocus, too. Uh, what would you pair? <laughs> What's your double feature? What are you pairing with The Witch? What movie do you sit back? First of all, I'm not sure you do a double feature with this movie. This doesn't really scream pop another movie in Caddyshack 2. Yeah, Caddyshack 2. <laughs> Don't bring that up, Jim. To give you more time to think about it, because I did forget to text you that this question was coming to you. I'm sorry. Uh, So let's go around. Cat can go last. So everybody else can go. We already talked about it, and I kind of bit my tongue, (laughs) but it's midsummer. And specifically, the opening, we already talked about it, where like so fast in The Witch, the baby gets snatched, and a fucking witch is pureeing that motherfucker. (laughs) And in midsummer, you know, you're introduced to Danny. She has this kind of shitty boyfriend or you don't even know if he's shitty yet, but he yeah. definitely wants to break up with her. And next, thing you know, there's uh, 
you know, her sister with a fucking gas mask on yeah. killing herself with exhaust. And, her <laughs> and this is in the first like 10 minutes, similar yep. beginning, yeah. uh, similar, I would say in its horror style. And it's like, what, what do we say? Unsettling. It's not mm-hmm. jump scares. It's not mm-hmm. cheap scares. It's just unsettling. It's not the score doing all the work. Um, and then, and then the ending where, we already discussed our main character, Thomas, and how relieved she was when it was all said and done. And Danny at the end, the sense of relief and just like utter glee and joy that she like finally found happiness yeah, and yeah. Uh, held up and family and people that support her in life for like the first time. Like there's so many parallels that I made. Yeah, the, the people that are people the, that aren't it, scared of the trauma that she's yeah. had, right? Like it's they're probably the, in it it's with probably her. the perfect double feature. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like the more I watch this, I'm like, these two films are amazing in combination. Yeah. Jim, mm. why don't you go, Brian? You well, go. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the Kubrick Shining. Okay, just just because I I, I didn't want to take that because I knew I, uh, I I just felt like there obviously that impacted him in the making of this i don't know if it's subconsciously or consciously i mean the wood chopping father going crazy just, like there's ev- there's just so many elements it's hard to it. not like i know at least i put it in your head there's like yeah, an axe mm-hmm. and a guy going I just crazy love i i guess i just love like midsummer midsummer is the other one in my mind but it's like midsummer the shining like this is the type of horror i love mm-hmm. real people like the desolate, the, the destruction of a family, like some of it is so heartbreaking, right? Like yeah. as a parent mm-hmm. watching this movie, you see these kids dying, which obviously like changes your mindset, right? So you can watch it in different ways, but like that all happening, I, I don't know this again, this is one of those rare films, which I like the first time I watched it, but doing for this show, I have a thousand times more respect for it. Yeah. And the, and the shining was that way too. When we did the shining eons ago for this show, like, when I really started watching it and thinking about it, it jumped significantly. So I put those three together. If you watch, if you, if you were into it, you watch the shot. I mean, it's a pretty depressing week, but the <laughs> Midsummer hey, Halloween. Witch. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, maybe run a fi- Halloween 5k and then go watch those three. <laughs> Drink some pumpkin beer while you, I am know. wearing my blob Festa. I saw that. It was a little drop in there. Uh, Jim. So what are you going to have? I'm going with uh, another, uh, which movie? The Blair Witch Project. Because I think, you know, it, it it's like a similar vibe in certain respects. Um, but I also haven't seen it in a long time, and I kind of want to rewatch it. <laughs> Ever since Unspooled covered it, yeah. I rewatched it. And did you? How yes. did you feel about it? I just remember I it being like a sensation when, yeah. you, I think it came out in like 95. I remember yeah. seeing it in the theater. I did. I'm not sure yeah. I... But I'm not sure I ever saw it again. Same. And, I no, I have not seen it, it since the theater. Yeah, and I've always wondered is like have. my experience with that movie, how much of that was affected by seeing it in a theater and is it replicated if you don't see it in a theater? So uh, it's intriguing yeah. to me that you saw you've watched it recently. I watched it with fresh eyes for sure cuz I mean, okay. you know, in 95 I'm fucking 12. I don't have yeah. any movie acumen. <laughs> no. Um but also like they they similar in this movie bowl cut though 
Yo, my blonde bowl cut. <laughs> was, this be, was this before or after you had been suspended in middle school? This is like right before. So <laughs> had not seen Kingpin yet to give the uh yeah, never mind. Um <laughs> but listen to another episode about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh they they are like seeking this folklore um witch story mm -hmm. and they get lost in the woods they start to turn on each other yeah and they start to really nitpick nitpick at each other you know and and that's in in this movie so that's yeah. a great pairing yeah yeah love that cat on the spot all right i feel like i can go two different directions one keep with the time period and everything like that and go crucible mm. Ooh, duh. the daniel day lewis uh winona Ryder. winona Ryder. Hell yeah. Did, <laughs> did everybody have to watch that in school, by the way? Oh, I definitely by the way, I didn't. I it was oh. like the only thing I actually read that was ever assigned in high school. Absolutely <laughs> love the Crucible to play. Or I'm going to go total palate cleanser and say I love this movie, but it's so bad. The Worst Witch. Oh, was that with, uh, with Robin uh, Lively? The redhead yeah. is that the the one where no, it's, like it's a, with uh, the oh my god Ferrer how do you say your name oh Bruce oh I know who yes yes, yes I know who you are okay yes not yeah, the craft, like, and like Tim not Tim Curry and everything not the, like not that. the craft she did that later I I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up though Kat because one of the things I wanted to talk about we didn't is I find like so back to back weeks doing the witch doing witches it's so interesting like the different ways and we did two very different movies with one with Keenan and one with Mike on vampires. The, I feel like the horror genre is the most flexible genre in film. You can just take, like you can do a funny version. You can do a Which teen is version. Weird. Can, Cause like, we get so much of the same shit. <laughs> we do, but it's done in so, I don't know it, but I just feel like it can be done in lots of different, by the way, Sometimes that leads to good differences and sometimes it's train wreck yeah. differences, but we do that. Um, By the way, I don't know if I've admitted on this podcast yet that the craft is one of a handful of VHS tapes that I had rented from Blockbuster that I that you held never out returned for so long that they just like charged <laughs> my parents credit card and then we just owned it. Do you, do you have that somewhere? You know, VHS tapes are huge sells on eBay right now. You could They're all over my parents' oh, right. house. Yeah. Another I one of those movies was uh, I, The Skulls. I am still waiting. I have a lot of episodes of Late Night with Brian Costello on VHS. I'm just waiting for the market to sell those <laughs> high. They're going to be very high sellers at some point. All right. It's time for five questions. These Here aren't the questions you sent him earlier. What do you mean? Maybe I, they I are. Sent two, I sent two texts. Okay. Two texts. Hit the, hit the button. Oh, I forgot I have a button. Hit the button. You have a job. It's one, not happening. One job. It's not happening. It's one not come majors. Talk and we push the buttons. Push the button. I we, chop we don't wood. Hear the button. It's the song. My job oh. is to chop wood. Well, no That's one can, can chop do. wood like that guy. Don't chop the wood like that guy. He killed it with that. <laughs> yeah. He was nailing that. He wasn't paying attention. Very impressed with that. Well, when Black Phillip Black hits him and the got wood him. collapses on him, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Do we not have it? Did we hit it? I did played it. it. Yeah. Did you guys not hear it? No, no. we did not hear oh, it. Oh, crap. That means no one probably heard. Why is no, that not happening? No. All right. Well, we, we know it. This could, we, we, we all know I'm sitting here like, what? yeah, it, it I played. I was like, were you like, you why want are these, answers? Yeah. Why, you want why answers? these idiots not responding? Um, all right. Here we go. Yeah. Five questions. Here we go. Um, 
we are living on a farm. Granted, not a very successful farm in this film. Uh, thumbs up or down. Would either of you ever have an interest in getting rid of the house, leaving the restaurant and IT industry and setting up a farm and living there? No. <laughs> Hard pass. Because of her response, like, you know, Tim's like, damn no. it, that was my hidden dream. <laughs> Could I see myself hopes like and dreams crushed? Could I see myself surviving that lifestyle? Yes, I could see it. My father grew up on a farm, so it's in the blood. Really? Yeah. He grew up on a farm outside of Dover, Delaware. All right. Bring that up on the next uh, Mike Calls Timmy. I want want you to delve more into the farm situation. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I can barely keep my house plants alive. So so don't worry, Kat. Same here. We don't have real plants in my house. Fake plants are the way to go. Uh, Would you rather question? We saw some spirit animals. Uh, in this film, if you were a demonic spirit, which spirit animal would you rather have a rabbit? Or a goat? I think it's simply from <laughs> being prey. I would want to be a goat. I feel like there's less that's going to kill me. <laughs> Fair. But though, a... if I'm demonic, yeah, maybe I could survive better like overall in general. So maybe even as a rabbit that has more predators because I'm demonic, I can like survive better. I don't know. I would go go. Well, it, it survived the gunshot or the gun missed or whatever, but yes. So I would say, I would say rabbit. Cause I feel like you kind of, you know, fly under the radar a little bit more. Mm, no it. one, no one would su- suspect. These are the types of hard hitting things we delve into. I mean, black <laughs> Phillip was a pretty badass goat. He was, yeah. he was a really badass goat. Yeah. I've never thought of a goat as badass until I watched this. Yeah. Uh, question three, fill in the blank question. One word that you would use to describe life as a pilgrim is. You already depressed. know my word. Ooh, depressed. Repressed. 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 Oh, very good choice. Very good choice. Mine's Tim. moist. Moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> Everything's moist. Oh. It's like you wake can, up. Can we ban that word already? Like, yeah, we, we tried we to ban it. We, we, <laughs> ban it in your home immediately. Don't let him say it. Will anymore. do. Our favorite question here. What's your favorite New England state? This is billed on all the literature as a uh, New England horror story. What is your favorite New England state? Have you been to many? Like they don't have enough horror stories. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot. Um, I haven't been to a ton, okay. so I guess I would say New York, just because that's where we vacation, and I love it up there. Didn't even consider that. <laughs> well, technically, New York is not part of New England. Oh, it's not okay. So, but you're, but I know you guys go to upstate New York, which is yes. very Vermont-like. So mm-hmm. we will, we will give you that. We'll it feels it. like upstate New York. We'll go with that. Upstate. No New one York from New York good. listens to this, and they're the only people no. that would care. About I lived that. in New York, and I'm giving you credit for it, so that's fine. Okay. Tim. I've been, I've been to Maine, I've been to Vermont, um, yes. and I, I would probably say Massachusetts. It's like mm. I don't know. There is it's over. It's overrated. Okay, but I, I do love the history surrounding the area. Like my mom is a history major, and I feel like that's been instilled in me. So I do love all of 
you know, th- this movie is right in my wheelhouse. I yes. love it. I have to agree. Uh, I should say that because I live in Massachusetts. We can all agree Connecticut's the worst, though, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By far. Not even, in fact, it, as being a New Englander now, um, we don't even want Connecticut. Yeah, we are willing to give I, it to the mid-Atlantic states. We'll take the northern nice vacation part that Tim and Kat go to. We will absorb that into New England <laughs> and we will give up Connecticut. I mean, it's okay. just it's basically part of New York now. Yes. Anyway. Uh, the mm. correct answer is Maine. Maine. <laughs> Maine. Oh, I didn't know there was a right and wrong Maine, answer. Maine, Maine is bad. the right answer. Uh, <laughs> finally, deep thought question. We travel back in time to an iconic piece of Americana here in this film. Not that I would ever want to live there, but if you had an option to live at any point in U.S. history that you have not been alive for, Tim and Kat, where would you go? I would say maybe like the 1920s. Mm. It just, it feels still very very glamorous but at the same time there's it's a very very much a turning point and uh a lot of like it's a turning point for like i feel like women's rights and everything like that and it just i don't know just always seems like a a fun era yeah for for me it would be like what post-civil wars the industrial revolution uh well reconstruction industrial revolution yeah right around that time period it's either continental railroad right so it's either that or like late 30s early 40s fdr time new Um, deal okay but i would probably say no to that because i'm probably gonna end up going to world war ii (laughs) fair yeah that might not be a great choice for you you'll end up in saving private ryan I have right. the boringest answer. I'd just go back to the 90s and do that shit again. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I love to the be 90s. fair, you live that. So we're, we, we we might have to eliminate you from yeah, well, you. Yeah. I don't know that. if I lived it. That's part of my problem. I want to go back. Ah, well, you as were like, young. That's yeah, true. I want to go yeah, back as like, like a mid 20s. Mid 20s. Mm-hmm. So like you want to add a decade to where you were yeah, basically yeah, yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Tim and Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. We'd we could talk a, another whole episode about this movie because we didn't even get into like individual scenes that much. But yeah. No. I thought, this, I thought we this, did. Yeah, the, the big one I wanted to talk about and just a quick Why word. Why didn't you bring it up? I forgot, dude. The one where <laughs> Tomlinson actually pretends to be the witch to scare Ooh, the little ones scene. yeah and the, and the way scene. that the little ones Rightly play so. that, that scene. little that little girl was being a little oh, bitch. oh yeah she's the worst <laughs> those outfits that they wear are terrifying they almost all look like ralphie's little brother who couldn't put yes. his arms down and how they're like dancing like their their movements i i did not like it i found it very those, unnatural. they were those apparently he was saying in the director's commentary those were like rented from italy and they were actually of the of the <laughs> oh, time the, period yeah. like I they were it. like like of the material and everything right. so they were so like uncomfortable and everything to wear the, that's all yeah. i wanted to bring up though is that oh, scene that's is a particularly a good one well, not to prolong the episode, I'm sorry, but no, based on that, like we didn't really talk about the twins that much. Yeah, no. And like, you know, especially like Caleb's exorcism scene where it seems like he's so basically good. about to have sex with the witch. And that's like what puts him at ease and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the twins are like freaking the fuck out. Like, are they possessed or something? And like just just the twins in general, I, I like. I don't know. Were they cool. really in league with Black Phillip? Or, yeah. like, or that Caleb's vomits uh, an apple? An the apple. Adam and yeah. Eve apple with a bite in it. Like I took that real- as just that he was 
giving that lie to his mom about the apples yeah. and the apple picking. Maybe I, I, I think there's so many. This is why you have to watch this movie more yeah. than once. Yeah. yeah. Right here. You have to watch it. Uh, we will have you both back soon, hopefully. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Thanks yeah. for joining us. All right. Great to have you. All right. Bye, we'll everybody. You soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.